series in the Gospel of John, which is really a biography of the life of Jesus. And today we step into the John chapter 3, like of all the places and of all the verses that we'll get to look at in just a few moments. And what we're going to read about and hear about and actually get to watch in just a moment is an interaction between a man named Nicodemus and Jesus. Now, Nicodemus was um, a Pharisee. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. These were individuals that would have been opposed to who Jesus was and what Jesus was about. In fact, many of them believed that Jesus was uh, blasphemous, that he was, you know, he was saying that he was God, and this went against everything that they kind of had thought and taught. And yet there was something about Jesus that drew Nicodemus in. And, and as this stout religious man who had friends that were all opposed to Jesus, Nicodemus wants to know a little bit more. And he, he, he certainly can't have a, a public conversation with Jesus. He can't meet up for coffee at the local Starbucks and say, all right, so tell me about this, though, Jesus, because, well, be, for fear of what his friends and the other Pharisees and the Sanhedrin would have done to him. And so he requests a private meeting in the middle of the night to ask Jesus some important questions. So we're going to, instead of reading that situation, uh, The Chosen is a powerful movie series about the life of Christ. Many of you have watched it. And we're going to just take a few moments together to watch this interaction. I want you to just imagine yourself there with your own set of wonderings and questions about who is this Jesus really and why has he come, all right? So let's take a few moments and watch The Chosen together. I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, 
No, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <sighs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize His effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes. And I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, 
that day. I told my wife and my students, I said, she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof. <laughs> I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. powerful depiction of what perhaps it could have been like, what it could have felt like in those moments between Nicodemus 
and Jesus, and an artistic expression, of course. But what we do know for certain were some of the words that Jesus specifically spoke to Nicodemus. And again, they're found in John chapter 3. And in verse 3, Jesus said these words to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Now, this would, have, this would have confused Nicodemus because all of his life he had grown up to think, to believe, he had been taught that in order to be a part of the kingdom of God, all you had to do was, one, be born into the right kind of family, a, a Jewish family, and that you needed to follow the Jewish law. And now Jesus is teaching something altogether different. <laughs> He says, no, the way to the kingdom is that you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is so overwhelmed and confused. He's like, wait a second, are you, are you telling me that I've got to be uh, born, like go back into my mother's womb? I mean, Nicodemus was an incredibly smart, sophisticated, educated man. He should have known the answers to these questions, and yet he's dumbfounded by what Jesus has said. And Jesus is saying that in order to be a member of the kingdom of God, it has absolutely nothing to do with the family that you were born into. It has absolutely nothing to do with following a certain set of rules or laws. That it all has to do with being this phrase, born again. Literally, it means to be born from above. Jesus was saying there's a there is a, a spiritual rebirth that must happen in a person's life in order to become a child of God, to become part of God's family, to be a member of the kingdom. And Nicodemus, he's so confused. <laughs> like, what are, what are you saying here, right? But thankfully, we come just a few verses later, and Jesus makes it ultimately clear to Nicodemus and to us with these words that we all know, whether you're religious or irreligious, whether you're here at church for the very first time in your life, or you've been walking with Jesus for many, many years of your life, you know these powerful words. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, for God loved the world, and he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting, eternal life. Jesus looks at Nicodemus and he says, the reason he's there is because God loves the world. And lots of people can say that they love us or people have told you that they love you, but the way that we really know whether somebody truly loves us is not just with what they say, it's with what they do, right? It's not just something that's spoken it's something that is lived out, and that's why Jesus says what he says next. He says, God shows his love by giving his one and only son. Think about it. The, the amount that you love another person is shown by your willingness to sacrifice on behalf of that person. I always say, Lisa was pretty much the first person that I ever met in my life that I cared more about than myself. Like when you start shifting everything about your life for the sake of another. It's, it's what we as parents and grandparents will do for our kids. 
which is anything, right? Because we love them. We'll do anything. What we're willing to sacrifice, we're willing to lay down ourselves, our own wants, our own needs, our own desires out of love. And this is what God did. He, he laid down and he gave the absolute best. He gave his one, I mean, we understand what we do for our kids. And here God gives his son for the sake of others. And Jesus went to the cross and he died he was crucified, beaten, and, and buried in a tomb to pay for your sins and my sins. Why? And then to rise again so that, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The invitation that Jesus gave to Nicodemus is the invitation that he gives to every human being on the face of this planet. And some of us, we've lived long lives and we've lived under the assumption, like maybe we've lived with a religious mindset that says, well, as long as the good in my life kind of outweighs the bad, you know, I'll be okay with God. But we need to hear Jesus' words. The only way we see the kingdom of God is to be born from above. It means we... we, we confess our sin and we turn to Jesus as Savior and Lord and say, I believe what you did, you did for me. And I give you my life. I don't know where you're at in your own spiritual journey. Many of you, this is, I mean, you've known John 3.16 and it's, it's like the bedrock of your life. You've responded and, and you know Jesus in a personal way, but it, there's a chance that somebody's here this weekend and maybe something's clicking. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you. Do not leave this place without making a decision. You know, we don't know what Nicodemus' decision was. It seemed like he believed. It seemed like there was movement in his soul. Jesus invited him to follow him. But we don't know if Nicodemus ended up following Jesus or not, or whether he stayed in the comfort of his own religiosity and background and upbringing. And the same thing can happen for you and me. We can stay where we're at or we can step forward in faith and say, Jesus, I'm following you from now on. And in just a few moments, a couple young men who've made that decision in their own life to believe in Jesus are going to publicly declare their faith before all of us and we're going to celebrate with them. Would you let me pray for us? God, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the way that you met Nicodemus right where he was at in all of his questions and wondering. And thank you that you meet us right where we're at. Lord, if there's anybody here that does not know you, oh, Lord, would you speak to their hearts? Would you help them to know God loves them so much? that he gave his one and only son so that if each of us would personally believe, put our faith and trust in you, we will not perish eternally, but we will have eternal life. We turn to you, Jesus, and we worship you together now. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
and grab a seat, and I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Joe up to help me, and I'm going to invite, we have two young guys ready to take their next steps, and the first one is Isaac. Hey, Isaac, come on up, buddy. This is Isaac Lahutsky. Got to talk with Isaac a little bit this past week, even again, and Isaac says, hi, my name's Isaac. I'm here today because I want to follow in my Nana and Papa's footsteps. I believed in Jesus, but my relationship with God was a bit distanced for a while. I was even a little unsure. But since losing my Nana and starting to come back to church, I know that this is what I want. I want to be baptized because I feel like it's the next step in my relationship with Jesus, and it just cements this decision in my life. Isaac and both his brother Hunter that's going to be baptized today, losing their, their Nana was a, was a game changer. 
and we got to walk with our family through that time. And it just makes, you know, death makes the reality of life and what is after this life all the more potent. So Isaac, I have two questions for you. Number one, have you given your life to Jesus as your own Lord and Savior? And is it your desire to follow him all the rest of your life? Then it is our privilege now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Isaac, why don't you stay here over in the front? And Hunter, it's your turn. You can grab a seat again. Come on over, Hunter. I think it's so cool that we've got two brothers, and they've chosen to do this together. Hunter says, my name's Hunter. I've seen the example of my Nana and Papa. And it's made me want to have a relationship with Jesus and so that I can have the assurance that I'll be reunited with my loved ones that I've lost, like my Nana. I have believed in Jesus, and I've wanted to do this for a long time, but I knew that this was the right time. I want to be baptized today because I feel it will strengthen my bond with Jesus. There's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, a brother is born for adversity. And you can take that in two ways. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we have some sibling rivalry. <laughs> and uh, we don't always get along. But there's another way that you can look at that proverb, that a brother is born for times of adversity, that brothers, real brothers, stick together. And because both of you have put your faith in Jesus, you, you're going to be sticking together forever. So, Hunter... Have you given your life to Jesus as your own Lord and Savior? And is it your desire to follow him all the rest of your life? Then it is our greatest privilege now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's continue to stand and let's worship.
God, we depend on you. In fact, we just sing that. We sing, I depend. I depend on you, Lord. I depend on you. I depend. I depend on you. church, you are dismissed. We will see you next week.